The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Am I the only one who thinks this is totally insane? Rob, we're fighting theological injustice here. They're not using just weights and measures. He said we have 50 listeners. I think he's being generous. Ray Duvall is interpreted by experts. Rob, are you as shocked as I am? It's nonsense. If you've given any money to this, you need to complain. Ask for your money back. I don't know about you, but I find this annoying. What up and shalom. Welcome to the Rob and Caleb show. Kind of. <laughs> My name is... <laughs> Welcome to the Rob and Caleb show. The place where you never know if you're going to hear audio or not. <laughs> or if it's going to be like... Distorted. Yeah, man. I, you, your internet. I don't know what's going. on. We are having so many. We're having so many technical. I don't know if it's my internet or what. We're trying so hard today, and we're just, yeah, we're just uh, failing. Uh, what up, Shalom? My name is Caleb Hag, and with me, as always, Rob Van Hoff. What up, Rob? How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. I'm really excited. Why are you so excited? Because when Gary uh, Springer. <laughs> We were joking in the chat room about the the OG and the UG with Og and Ug. <laughs> the OG is the Orthodox Gary. The Ug is the unorthodox Gary. But it reminded me of Og of Bashan, King Og. Yeah. And it reminded me of a recent news article. And I'm going to have to share this. Uh, there is... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to read you something here. It has been long rumored that a work by King Og, the last of the Rephaim giants, was hidden in the secret Vatican Library in the Department of Ancient Documents and Surviving Occult Findings. Oh, no. In the past few days, the existence of the lost book of the King of Og, the giant, dated circa 1400 B.C., <laughs> has been confirmed by the murkier recesses of the Internet. A new website, the lost book of King Og, has made available an English translation of the largely extant Chapter 7 of this ancient seven-chapter work. The contents are fascinating. Chapter 7 begins with taunts from King Og to Israel, in which the former appears to compare Israel to ants buried in fecal matter. <laughs> what? There, there are also tantalizing references to my brethren, which seem to refer to the antediluvian Nephilim, <laughs> uh, so, uh, I just thought that was great. So I posted the link there in our chat room for those who want to. Uh, yeah. Enjoy. So the chat room is telling us that our that our audio is horrible. We understand. Look, here's the deal. I, my computer is dead and in pieces on the Apple uh, fixing f table right now. Uh, and so it's an operation. It's in a it, yeah, exactly. In surgery. <laughs> yeah. And so um, this morning I came in thinking that I was going to have a computer, but I didn't have a computer because they haven't returned it yet. And so um, I had to quickly try to figure out audio a different way. And actually, the thing that was just recording our audio, audio hijack, just bombed on me a few seconds ago. So. Now I'm going to have to, now I only have one backup recording of audio, which we hope is going to work. And it seems like our internet is, is slow. Uh, 
we're just having all sorts of problems. Luckily, the one nice thing about my computer is is that it's under warranty still because it's brand new. So. So they said they're not hearing me. Are you hearing me okay, Caleb? Yeah, I hear you just fine. Okay, it says that uh, I am sounding muffled. Well, yeah, you're so. certainly gargled. It's like your internet connection is super slow. Huh. We can't get anything yeah. right today. Anyway, um, I think it's uh, I think it's a conspiracy. Is it a conspiracy? Well, here's the other thing. Okay, so here's I think the- King Og of Bashan is returned. <laughs> he's he's breaking <laughs> down any any naysayers. Oh man, do I don't we got some interesting stuff to talk about today. And if people can't hear us, I um, yeah. I apologize. I don't know what I don't know what else to do. This is the best you get today. Um so check this out. I haven't even told Rob this. Yesterday I was in the office, I was looking and lo and behold, what do I see? A comment from Dr. Michael Brown. Now, okay, about a week and a half, about a week ago, right when I returned from the Philippines, I sent a personal message to Dr. Michael Brown, and I said, "Look, we were in the Philippines. There was uh, there was a bunch of people there who had listened to Itzhak Shapira last year, and uh, they're all turned around. They said that they need to water down the gospel to reach the Jews. They need to change the gospel to reach the Jews because of his book." And I said, you know, this is clearly doing horrible things to the body of the Messiah. Uh, please, I'm asking you again to please, you know, reject this openly. Say that this book has things in it that should not be followed, blah, blah, blah. I hear nothing back from him. And at the end of it, I said, and if, if you're not going to renounce it, then I'd like to formally re- uh, ask you to debate me on why you would endorse such heresy. Ooh. Yeah. So, um then yesterday I see a post that he makes on how the, uh, the, uh, anti-missionaries still won't, uh, still will not debate him, even though he's requested them to debate him. And so in the chat, in the comment section, I put interesting, I've asked to debate you on your, uh, support of Itzhak Shapiro's book, but you have not agreed to debate me. And, you know, Michael Brown and I went back and forth. He said, and this is what, okay, first of all, I knew that he, he was, he was quote unquote trying to hook up a debate between uh, Itzhak Shapiro and me. And that was never going to happen. Itzhak Shapiro is not stupid enough to come on air. He knows that the, that the Christians that are backing him, if they figure out what he's actually teaching, uh, it's going to be a big problem. It's going to be a huge problem because he's going to lose all of his Christian support. There's no Christian in their right mind is going to be like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, um, <laughs> Metatron and Yeshua are the same if they know what Metatron is. So he's like, he's like, oh, well, you know, we're trying to hook up this thing in between you and, and Shapira. But Shapira, you know, he's he's afraid that you don't know enough about rabbinics. He says you just don't understand rabbinics. So. Oh, so you just don't understand, Caleb. Yeah, yeah. Apparently. You just don't get it. You don't understand. He's not, you don't understand. <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm out of the loop, apparently. So anyway, then I, you know, he, so basically he deletes the, the thread. And then, wow. and then he uh, posts something that just says, Caleb, I deleted the thread because this, you know, 
this is really unfair of you, blah, blah, blah. You shouldn't have come at it this way. So I sent him a personal message and I'm like, hey, you know, this isn't just me. It's not just like some kid coming at you here. Uh, you know, the staff at Torah Resource all have looked at Shapiro's book. And this is, this is total heresy. And back and forth. And basically, he kept saying, you can call on a Thursday anytime you want. And at first, I was like, yeah, I'll call you on a Thursday. But the more I think about that, the more I'm like, dude, that's a trap. How much time is he going to give a call-in caller to uh, talking about him supporting a her- heretical book that teaches a false gospel? Five minutes? You can't even explain what Metatron is in five minutes. Anyway. So, total cop-out. You know, honestly, I, I'm, I'm a little bit discouraged by, uh, by believers. It's like, this guy comes out, he's friends, he's, he schmoozes with everybody. You know, he, he gets in good, he speaks Hebrew. It's Akshapira, he speaks Hebrew, everybody's wowed by this Israeli. And, you know, then he puts out a book that just teaches sheer heresy and a total false gospel. And, but but it's he's everybody's friend, so, oh, we're not going to say anything bad about it. It's like nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to have a discussion about it. Nobody wants to address the fact that Itzhak Shapira is peddling a false gospel to the Jews. And then you got Dr. Brown. You know, I, I still wonder what his Christian sponsors would think if they knew that he was backing a book that was teaching a false gospel to the, to the, to the Jews. Yeah, uh, that's that's disappointing. It is. You know, I, I, there was one thing. Uh, uh, a side note: I remember reading in the book "The Kosher Pig" that he says, "I'm not Christian. I never was Christian. I wasn't raised Christian. My my whole thought world is Jewish through and through." I'm paraphrasing. Of course. But then you said that he does he does altar calls. Yeah. So where uh, <laughs> altar call reminds me of like Christian the, Na- the Nazarene Church. Uh, I remember. Dude, he's uh, Pentecostal. That's what he is. Pentecostals that do the uh, holiness movement kind of thing. So. <laughs> But where in, where in rabbinic, in his rabbinic Jewish training, did he learn to do altar calls? Well, and that's what I'm talking about. That's, uh, what, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about in terms of like grease. I'm not saying he's greasing the palms. I'm sure he's not. It's not about money necessarily. But, you know, he's all buddy-buddy with all these charismatics. And that's the point, is that he's he made friends with all these charismatics. Dude, I don't care. Man, Rob, if you came out, if you wrote a book... And I thought that in the book there was a, you were teaching a false gospel. Sure as day, I would renounce it. <laughs> I would want you to renounce I it. Know. I know. I don't want to be corrected. I want to be corrected. I, same here. And I don't understand <laughs> where people like Michael Brown are coming from. Like, dude, dude is teaching a false gospel to the Jews, and you're promoting it. How is that okay? I mean, the, at least, the least Brown could do is sit down, read the chapter, come back and have a little bit of a dialogue or something or mention something like, oh, yeah, you know, like, these people think this is a false gospel. I don't think it is, and this is why. But how are you going to defend Metatron as Yeshua? Yeah, you're not. I mean, total nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Okay. So my soundboard isn't working, by the way. I mean, it Mark, is. You keep, Mark keeps saying, ouch. Mark, clarify. <laughs> is it the, just the audio that's out hurting your ears, <laughs> or is it the content of what is it, I'm is it, is it that we're <laughs> is that we're slamming? <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Uh, I agree. So, it, 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 yeah, and and uh, Andre Philippe, you're right, brother. I, you know, he says we need to pray for Dr. Brown. Actually, I've been in I've been in prayer pretty much ever since yesterday at about five o'clock for that that the Lord would work on Dr. Brown's heart to uh, you know to soften it and and so that he'll actually take a look at what he's promoting. Yeah, Gary says that would be better if you actually quoted him. In other words, Gary's just saying. Uh, what you gave us was kind of a, a paraphrase. No, I gave yeah, I gave yeah. a paraphrase. But uh, so, would you would you? I mean, should I actually open up the personal conversation on Facebook? And I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a good lesson for us, though. We don't have to right now, but in the, in the future. Um, well, the, the, the fact what, that he deleted the thread, obviously, he was uncomfortable with keeping it up there. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that was my bad. I didn't take screenshots of that before before it got deleted, and I should have. Anyway, okay, let's move on then. I got something for you. This, uh, you know, this might win clip of the year. Honestly, I got a clip here for you. Somebody tagged me on Facebook, and the only thing that they said was, "Caleb Hag, be kind." <laughs> <laughs> It's three minutes and ten seconds long. Do you know who Perry Stone is? Perry Stone Ministries. I had never heard of him until uh, you know until this came up. And by the way, okay, if people want written, hang on just a second. Is he on TBN? I don't know. It, it sure is, seems like it. Is Perry Stone? Oh, hang on just a sec. It, it sounds like was there a, was it Perry? I don't want to. I don't want to be uh, accused of not using um, references here. Hang on, just a sec. Okay. So while while I look for this, listen to this. Uh, listen to this by Perry Stone. Okay. Now this is very appropriate, by the way. Very very appropriate for. Um, this is remember the be kind rewind. rewind yes. On the, VHS rentals. <laughs> okay, so this this for our Passover that's coming up in less than three weeks. At the crucifixion of Jesus, you have read the story that Pilate put a title over the cross. What most people do not know is in the time of Passover, Jewish people would take a bronze name tag and tie it around the neck of their lamb just to show God that they're keeping the Passover. If I take a lamb representing my family and maybe another poor family, I would put the name Stone on this bronze name tag around the neck of that lamb. And when it's offered, God would know I have kept the Passover and have presented my lamb. The family name had to be on the lamb. Okay. Here's what Pilate did to the inscription on the cross. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. This title was read by many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified, was not to the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Forget the Latin, forget the Greek, because in Jerusalem they don't speak Hebrew. But the question is, what did they say in Hebrew? Now what you have to do is this, the New Testament is written in Greek. So you've got to take the Greek language of Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, and translate it back to Hebrew. If you know anything about Greek, the key letter is the letter Omicron in Greek. Omicron, because it, it can be translated of the as the or of. For example, in Pergamos, there was an inscription to a temple of Zeus, and here's what it says, Zeus of Pergamos and king and God. And the and there's the Omicron. Zeus of Pergamos and king and God. 
Pilate probably got that title idea from that temple that was in Pergamos. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Alright, if you take it from Greek and translate it back to Hebrew, it's on the cross. And the religious Jews are going nuts Wait looking at this. It translates in Hebrew, Yeshua Hanetzret Vomelik Hehudin. Means nothing to you sitting there. I know it means absolutely nothing. But if you're Catholic or you're from a Catholic background, you know that Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, in Latin, that if you take the first letter of Jesus, it's an it's an I. Nazareth is the letter N in Latin. King is Rex. So it's an R. And the Jews, the J is an I. So that's why on crucifixes. You have I-N-R-I. -I. Anybody ever wondered that, why you have a little I-N-R-I? -I? That is Latin for the first letters of Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. But wait a minute. What if we do it in Hebrew? If you drop Yeshua HaNatsvet Vomelech Hehudim and take the first letter, hey, and drop it down, show them what it spells in Hebrew. Yod Hey. Vav Hey, which is Yahweh. Uh, oh, you're going to get this in a minute. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Wrong, oh, wrong, wrong, he wrong. Goes, he goes all, on and on about how Pilate uh, put up this thing that God is hanging on the okay. cross. <laughs> okay, let's, let's take this. I had claim number one that we would hang a name uh, a family name over uh, a lamb okay what's our what he doesn't go into any evidence of that maybe some people did do it um, but that's 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 a stretch right there oh man it's B, so bad uh, two, number two <laughs> <laughs> I like one for eternal baseball the idea like you're just pointing like he like Pilate probably copied this this Zeus temple idea is so crazy. Three, the way he pronounces is it, it's he obviously doesn't know Hebrew. First of all, because he said Vumelech or something like that. Vamelech. Vamelech. In front of a mem, it's U. So it would be Umelech if it was and. But there is no and. <laughs> and his idea about the Greek Omicron is nonsense <laughs> this guy this guy is this guy is so wrong he's he's using false information false sensation this goes way back to is it Ben Mordecai who is the guy who wrote the Messiah books back in the 90s and I think Andrew Gabriel Roth is on this is on this page that this is an epic fail <laughs> it's it's yeah no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. There is no, there is no and there. There is no vav. Yeah. I'm writing down times right now. So the, I can, the so idea I, that it would be Yeshua Ha Note Three. That we, we don't even know. <laughs> we don't know that there's a hey in front of Note Three. That that yes, it would be a yod would be the first letter. And maybe. It ends in a hey, hi Yehudim, maybe. But 
there are many, many, many difficulties. See, I didn't even have to do anything. Here's another. Here's another aspect. Of this. <laughs> Keep going. Many, many times in the Gospels, when it says in, in the Hebrew Hebrew dialect, it's actually talking about Aramaic. Yeah. Like the words like Golgotha, Maranatha, um, Abba. What are some of the others that we have? Uh, Gehenna, um, Mammon, like Mammon. Like uh, these are all Aramaic terms. Um, the word ma mana or mana, that's an Aramaic, it's not Hebrew, manna in the desert. It talks about manna. When the New Testament talks about manna, they use the Aramaic word manna. All these, all these words, when it says that they are, are, are Aramaic, or, or it says they're Hebraic, it just means it's, it's of the language that, that is of the Hebrews. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean what we think today, Hebrew versus Aramaic. So there, it, it's in other words, it could have been in Greek, Latin, and Aramaic, what we would call Aramaic today. There's just so many things wrong with that, and this is. I knew this would I, be. I, good. I'm glad you found that that type, that uh, clip, Kayla, because this is an example of what is wrong. With how does this increase discipleship for Yeshua? How does this increase people seeking? to grow in their love of God with all their heart, soul, and strength, neighbors themselves. How does it help them? It's, it's a sensationalist. First of all, it's wrong. Why, what, what gain do we have for Yeshua's kingdom? What possible gain is there for Yeshua's kingdom in the earth and his glory if someone is peddling something that is, that is factually untrue, that is false? What good is that for Yeshua's kingdom? But even if okay, it, but, 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 even okay. if it oh, but it's the it's the divine name on the cross. What good is it if it's a lie? But hey, that's what's going on in the messianic and the Christian world today. Look, man, all of the all of the Aleph Tav, all of the Hebrew word pictures, <clears throat> all this it's false, and it might sound good, but it's false. Boy, boy, I. You precious listeners out there, you in our chat room, <laughs> learn to discern. And I'm so grateful for learn for to discern. Just learn to discern. This is so important because where the rubber meets the road, we need to know where we can stand. We want to build our house on the rock. We want to dig down. We want to be like the wise person that Yeshua says who hears his word and digs down deep. You keep digging until you hit rock. This teaching that this Perry guy just gave is not rock. But yet he's 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 riling up an entire crowd. Oh, they bought, they up, bought it hook, line, and sinker. He's stirring up a crowd into this emotional frenzy. But you know what? They're going to go back into their lives. And, you know, the, any any seed that could have been sown, the... The vultures are going to come and snatch up. The okay, are going to come and snatch so up. since I got slammed in the uh, <laughs> do your Sid Roth impression, <laughs> I can't believe. Okay, um, <laughs> so uh, since I got slammed in the chat room for not giving references to Dr. Michael Brown, here you go. Dr. Brown says to me, um, it, "This this is shameful. How you would put this in a thread." Uh, you know, in a comment section on on a Facebook post, uh, you're missing the point. And I wrote now. Now then, I couldn't respond to him because he had deleted my post. So I wrote him a personal message in response. I said, "I believe it is a shame that you're not telling, uh, getting the point." 
Uh, do you think it's just me saying this? The entire staff of, TR, of Torah Resource, including Rob Vanhoff, who teaches a course in rabbinics, believes this book is heresy. Now, I said that because he he uh, had asserted that uh, Itzhak Shapira doesn't want to debate me because I don't know anything about rabbinics. So I say, if someone challenges an endorsement I made on a book stating I was it was heresy, I would look at the references and address it, no matter if I thought they were right or not. Yet your name remains on this book that is sheer poison to any Jew that picks it up. He writes back and he says, Caleb, this is really not the thing to be doing. You do not have the slightest clue how much is on the on my plate and how many people have something to argue with me. See, but that but that's just it, is that he's been on our show before. I consider Dr. Okay, Brown. That's 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 part of his territory. He chose to be on that field yeah exactly and not only that so he's saying you're weakening him rather than strengthening him but here's the point is that i would consider dr brown somewhat of i mean maybe not a friend but an acquaintance right i mean he's been on our show before we've talked back and forth i've talked with him and set up the whole thing with my dad on his show and all that kind of stuff i mean we have a working relationship it's not like i'm just some schmo coming and being like oh yeah you know you did this wrong no I mean, this, there's clearly something, you know, there's clearly a relationship that's been built here. He says, the phone lines are open and you can call. That's a trap. The more you do this, the more I see something very wrong. So one last time, call the show and have at it. But drop the communication here. Last request. <laughs> and of course, I say, I will call the show, which actually I've rethought that after especially getting some counsel. I will also be pursuing other avenues since you refuse to pull your endorsement or even address it. Shalom. And he writes back. He's got to get the last word. He can't, he can't leave something. He writes back and he says, threats like this get you a massive downgrade. Threats like what? That I'm going to talk to other people? <laughs> downgrade in what? Yeah, exactly. In his in his eyes, in me getting on You're his man. Yeah, I, I don't, like. I don't understand. I just don't understand that. He was uh, he, so uh, threats like this oh. to get you ma- massive downgrade. To say I'm disappointing, uh, disappointed in your behavior is an understatement. May the Lord teach you humility and grant you wisdom. Please be kind enough not to reply again. Thanks. Well, of course, I had to reply to that. I said, Dr. Brown, in love, please understand, you specifically said that if anyone has anything to say about the book, you would get them on the show. You and Shapiro will still not address how you support such heresy. You will not hear from me again, but I sure hope you will pray and seek God on why your name is staying on something that teaches such falsehood. And of course, he has to write back again. Caleb, I'm shocked. You cannot even comply with a simple request repeated over and over again. You have just about disqualified yourself from getting on the air. See, he thinks that that's a big point to me. I don't care about your show. I, I could care less about getting airtime on, on the line of fire or whatever. What I care about is that he's supporting a book that is teaching a false gospel. He says, leave it here, learn some humility and wisdom, and do not reply again. Otherwise, you'll be blocked here. I do not have time to deal with this, and you do not get it. You don't have time to deal with the true gospel. You don't have time to deal with a a book that you've endorsed that's teaching a false gospel. Isn't that what our job is in ministry? That's what our time is for. Our time is for preaching a true gospel. Our time is for trying to uphold the true gospel, not hand people a false gospel. 
that statement right there really ticks me off. You don't have time for it? Then what are you doing in ministry? If you don't have time for it, get out of ministry. That's the point. Yeah, that's what, uh, <laughs> he signed his name on the book. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's the, uh, yeah, oh well. So there you have it. Uh, there you have it, chat room. I hope that's okay, enough I, I reference mean, I, for I'm, you. I'm jonesing for some gematria. <laughs> I, okay. Speaking of kosher pigs. Okay, well, here's here's the deal. We can try this. I think that this is going to not do well for us, but we will try nonetheless. Let's try some music here, okay? <laughs> See? Sorry about that, guys. I told you my this is show. <laughs> this is show number one nineteen. My my soundboard is messed up. Keep going. The gematria, of course, is one nineteen. One nineteen. Not to be confused with Psalm one nineteen or one nineteen ministries. Yeah, which I don't know. Do they exist anymore? I don't know. Hahuk, the decree. Hahuk, hey chet vav kuf. Hahuk, one nineteen. Here's another. Ben oni. That's what. Rachel, or Rachel says as she's dying and gives birth to who that who Yaakov or Jacob renames Benjamin. Ben Oni, son of son my pain, of my my affliction, affliction, son of my my strength. If own could be strength, we don't know. Just thirty-five, eighteen, though. Ben Oni. Mm-hmm. Here's another. Mata, Mata, in Isaiah sixty verse twenty-one or Isaiah sixty-one three, the planting of the Lord. It talks about uh, all all my people will be righteous forever. They're a planting of the Lord, Mata. And uh, finally, I, I have one more. I have a couple more, but I'll just, I'll just do one more. And it's the same letters as Mata, just switched around, Ta'am. Ta'am is a word for taste or discernment, Ta'am. Gary, King of King Og, will know, <laughs> will know this one, Ta'am. It's in the Proverbs. And in the Psalm, it says, it says Ta'amu. Uh, ooh, taste and see, Kitov Adonai, that the Lord is good. So, ta'am, taste and, and discern. And I think discern is a good word for, I think Gematria is on our side today, Caleb. <laughs> learn to discern. Yes. Learning for discerning. And what my, I think someone said their favorite was, learnment for discernment. <laughs> okay, so let's try the music out. If it gets too bad, then then I'll stop it. <laughs> it's odd, it's so odd. You off. know what it is? Is it normally stereo? Probably. A, I think we're getting like maybe one, one channel. One channel, yeah, I think you're right. Anyway. All right, fine. Well, that's that's what you can do. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Well, we've we've spent 31 minutes now talking about things that weren't even on the agenda to talk, to talk about, which is okay. I don't have a problem with that. You sent me an email this last, and really this show is basically like, uh, let's tie up some loose ends before we, uh, you know, before I get my computer back and we, uh, and we really, you know, get back into it. This whole, uh, this whole Philippines trip has really kind of thrown me off. Um, yeah, Adam says that he would call him, but he doubts that, uh, that Brown would even discuss the topic. I totally agree. And I look at Adam's beard, I think. Dr. Brown had run, run the other way. Yeah. That's my thought. Okay, so you wrote, you wrote me an email this last week. 
Um, the, I do that every once in a while. The Israel and Bible. I, I think to myself, hey, I'm going to email Kill. <laughs> Let's talk about the Israel Bible. Dude, I have to say, websites are becoming so annoying. Have you noticed this new thing that they're doing where if you're about to click, like close the window, then they're like, the whole screen goes dark and this th- thing pops up and it's like, wait, don't leave. Sign my email list. Oh, that's annoying. Anyway, okay, so the Israel Bible, tell me about it. So, we, as I think you supplied a link for our, in our show notes. I did. The Is- Israel Bible beta version produced by Orthodox, it, it, I'll just read here, I'm under the Statement of Beliefs. Mm-hmm. The Israel Bible, TM, was created to honor the God, the people, and the land of Israel. Remind me of FFOZ there for some reason. From an Orthodox Jewish perspective. With our rich content and robust discussion of biblical text, we hope to connect with Jews and Christians who appreciate the biblical significance of the land of Israel, the God-given land of the Jews. Um, and it goes on to say, uh, the rising number of Christians who are interested in studying the Bible from a Jewish perspective. It says the numbers of supporters recognizing Israel as the God-given home of the Jews is grown, growing, and with Jews and Christians studying together, we believe we can make a difference in history. And it goes on to say what the guidelines are of this discussion. So the Israel Bible is an online Bible translated and moderated with forum discussions. No, I think uh, it's like by Orthodox. So is it just Jews. the 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 old the Tanakh, or is it yeah, just the Tanakh? Okay. And then, and then, then there's comment guidelines. So in other words, we want to create, this is the message, we, we Orthodox Jews in Israel want to produce an English translation of the, a fresh English translation of the Tanakh, and we want to moderate discussions between Jews and Christians. Sure. Okay, so uh, because of all the love for uh, Jews being in the land of Israel. And it says, the Israel Bible, it says, we encourage open dialogue and welcome respectful questions. However, since we are an Orthodox Jewish site, Bible study is intended to be from an Orthodox Jewish point of view. That's it, not Christian, Hebrew, not Christian scripture. So we ask our readers, uh, that our readers are sensitive to our, quote, mixed audience and follow the guidelines when commenting on our site. So obviously comments must be respectful and non-offensive. Okay? Comments must not promote a Christian agenda, such as proselytizing. Well, what does so, that mean? So no gospel, right? No, no saying you have to repent and believe. Com- uh, comments should. Wait, 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 wait. Let's 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 go back for just a second. So, so I have to assume then from the second one, comments must not promote a Christian agenda such as proselytizing. I have to assume then any talk of the sacrificial system is out. Any uh, any talk of Yom Kippur or Passover is out. Any talk of Isaiah 53, 7, or 1 is out. Psalm 22 has to be out, or 23, rather. Right? Here's, here's, well, look at the third bullet. Comments should stay focused on the Hebrew Bible and not refer to Christian scripture. So you can't refer. I'll tell you what, Caleb, Jews and Christians, come to this party. A bunch of Orthodox Jews, we have Christians here. We're going to discuss the Bible. We're, we're encouraging Christians to, you know, they can, they can give us money if they want. Uh, it's, it's and like, what, what we're going to do is we're going to have a discussion, mature discussion, but Christians, check your Christianity at the door. No, you can't quote the Gospels. You can't promote any kind of Christian agenda. 
but you can come fellowship with them. We'll have fellowship together, but, and, and we're doing this all for the goodwill of humanity, but, but it's got to be our perspective is the perspective that has to be respected, and you have to check your brain and anything else at the door. It's like someone trying to say to, like, hey, let's open a conversation between us evangelicals and the Mormons. Now, Mormon people, we invite you to come in and talk all about your faith, but you're not allowed to talk about Joseph Smith, the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price, or the Doctrine and Covenants. In fact, no Mormon doctrine whatsoever. You can only talk about our doctrine. How is that a conversation? I, I like uh, uh, <laughs> Adam's comment. It should be a bat, not beta version. Yeah, why are they... Uh, <laughs> and then I like uh, Iconoclast. He says, uh, so Jews can proselytize the Christians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like, hey, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me. Of, this reminds me of something. Remember the other the other week when we were talking about Hanok and uh, yeah. and Pete Rambo? <laughs> Have you ever been on Hanok's site? No, you haven't. Oh, go on his site sometime. Look at some of the comments. He has a whole okay. Enough with the enough with the chat room right here, Rob. Come on, man. Uh, he has a I whole. Said, let me finish. I just said beta and and bet. Are the same in Paleo Hebrew. So <laughs> the jokes counts. are getting worse and worse on this show. Listen, so uh, Hanok, he has this whole page of bringing Christians to Judaism. What? Yeah, and uh, all these pe- all these ex Christians are like, "Oh, thank you so much for bringing me out of the Christian Church and into Judaism." Somebody sent it to me. Oh wow! So basically. Itchy ears. Yeah, exactly. So, so Pete Rambo and and what's his name, uh, Ken Rank. We don't need to evangelize the Jews because they're okay. So let's bring the Jews in. Let's bring Hanok in and be a part of our ministry, and then he can go ahead and proselytize to the the Jews back to back to Judaism. I'm going to turn the chat room off. I'm going to kick you out of the chat room. Okay, <laughs> I'm covering it up. <laughs> I I can't believe it, Caleb. I heard I'm hearing what you're saying. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's upsetting. I just I mean it's the same kind of thing as as here though. It's like these people are like, oh yeah, come come study the Bible with us. And Iconoclast is right. Come study the Bible with us, uh, so that we can. And, pro- and then and uh, so we can we're not budging. You. We're not we're not yeah. budging. And you can't bring who you are. If you're if you're born again, if 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 you God cannot, has put the spirit, if God yeah. has put the spirit of Messiah, you cannot not talk in about your it. Heart, by which you cry, Abba, Father, and that's who you are, and you are a new creation in Messiah. <clears throat> yeah. And you submit, just because you want to please, you have this inkling to please men and be in these kinds of conversations. You are denying who you are. Yeah, exactly. You're, 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 yeah. Preach, brother, That's preach. Frustrating. It is frustrating. People don't, if they, if they buy into the say, oh, I can do that, they are like lamb headed for the slaughter. No they, doubt. they don't have, uh, in a, not in a way that, uh, that is going to honor Yeshua, but in a way that is just for waste. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay, you sent me an, you sent me another part of the email, and what was this one? This one was uh, breaking Israel news. Oh, it's the documentary. And actually, did you look at some of the comments in this? Okay, you set it up because you're the one who. No, I didn't look at the comments. So, but you but you sent the uh, you sent the uh, the email. Yeah, I, I, it'd be interesting to talk to the guy who's who's trying to do it. Okay, uh, but set set up what it is. Tell our audience what a, you're looking there's at. There's a there's an Israeli messianic missionary. Apparently, uh, his name's Jacob Domkani. I am totally ignorant out to uh, who he is. He says he claims to have introduced tens of thousands of Jews to Jesus and Christianity. So my understanding is that uh, Yaakov Domkani is an Israeli Jew, lover of Yeshua, who is preaching Yeshua and the gospel to Jews in Israel. That's what I'm understanding. And then he's created some movies. Um, oops, my, what happened? Yeah, he's creating like I, a, I lost my link, went to a different link all of a sudden. That's yeah, weird. dude, this website is so annoying. Uh, anyway, uh, but so this article called provocative, <clears throat> Provo- provocative documentary explores one man's messianic mission. And it's written by an Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz, March 31st, 2016, um, but the quote, they quote the Israel Bible right off the top. It did it again. Okay, here, I got it. I got it. Here's, here's the quote. Jacob D- Domkani's, Domkani's mission is twofold. Bringing Jesus to the Jews while presenting Jesus as a Jew to Christians. But a Jew cannot accept Jesus and remain a Jew. Just as a Christian must accept Jesus in order to be a Christian. His message is unacceptable to Jews. But his vision of Jesus as a Jew has drawn a strong following of evangelicals. In his own way, Damkani is Damkani is trying to bring the two Abrahamic religions closer. And perhaps, to some degree, he succeeds. Unfortunately, he also pushes people apart. The movie reinforces the common Jewish fear of Christian proselytizing, bringing it closer to home for Israelis. To have an Israeli Jew join this effort is incredibly destructive, leading Jews to suspect Christians even more. Amazing changes are taking place in relations between Judaism and Christianity, and proselytizing is no longer part of that. With the common threat of Islamic jihad and overwhelming secularism, Christianity is choosing a productive alliance with authentic Israel-based Judaism, rejecting a path that requires Jews to convert. In this new reality, Demkani's mission is a problem and not a solution. Thank you. Thanks for uh, that's towards the end of the article. So it starts out saying, hey, there's this Messianic Jew, he's created a documentary, he's, he's reaching out, all this, and then all of a sudden it pulls the rug as you read the article from under the whole thing. It says, this guy's dangerous, etc. Here are some of the, the key points, he says. In the, art, the, the guy writing the article says, but a Jew cannot accept Jesus and remain a Jew, period. That's a, a bold assertion that he makes. A Jew cannot accept Jesus and remain a Jew. Which means, and then he says, just as a Christian must accept Jesus in order to be a Christian. His message is unacceptable to Jews. So, yeah, that is, that is problematic right there. Who, we would never say that a Jew who accepts Yeshua ceases being Jewish. You know, my my grandmother said that. What's that? My grandmother said that. Yeah, that, so this is a popular, this is folk, a folk belief. 
Yeah. You see, you know what I mean? It's a folk. Uh, see, but what I see happening is the same thing. Look, this is like a running theme that we've been going on for like the past couple of shows. You have Ken Rank and Pete Rambo and this Hanok guy, and they're like, "Oh, we don't need to. We don't need to evangelize." And this isn't even they're new. buying into this. This, yeah, they're, they're, they're buying into this. This isn't uh, even new because what's his name from the UMJC? Uh, we saw uh, at the ETS. We saw a uh, Kinzer, Mark Kinzer. He's been preaching that the Gentiles should be go go back to the Catholic Church for years. Right. You know, that, that, that Messianic Judaism is part of Judaism, and the Messianic Jews should be in the Messianic synagogue, and the Gentiles need to go back to the Catholic Church. This, this last sentence here, Christianity, quote, as if, you know, is choosing a productive alliance with, get this, authentic Israel-based Judaism. Yeah, what's that? And then it says, rejecting a path <laughs> that requires Jews to convert. So, um yeah, what they're imagining is something called AIBJ, Authentic Israel-Based Judaism. I guess it's a new... Uh... <laughs> Do you realize how many Judaisms there are in Jerusalem that disagree with each other? <laughs> I know. And so, and now somehow Christianity is in a productive alliance with this authentic Israel-based Judaism. Of course. And so Jews and Christians can live forever in harmony, and we're going to use... Ezekiel 37 to try to create a midrash. Oh, we're Joseph. You're Jacob. Or you're you're uh, Judah. And and we're being one together and we're not going to tell you to change. You keep yeah. keep keep that you can call the Zohar to- holy. You can call all the, you know, all your midrashim and mystical tradition as holy tradition and we're going to we'll, we'll keep holding to the gospel. I guess. Uh, but we'll be sure to check it at the door whenever we do want to have these discussions with you. I uh, mean, uh, I'm, I'm getting slammed in the, in the, uh, in the chat room today for not quoting. So people are asking for quotes on Qu- Kinzer. we I've quoted Kinzer on this show many times, but okay. Yeah. Granted, I'll, I'll get some quotes for you. I'll get some quotes for you next week. Um, the point is, is that, you know, Kinzer is basically, and maybe he hasn't come right out and say we don't need to uh, we don't need to evangelize the Jews, but obviously Ken Ken Rankin and uh, and Pete Rambo have. I mean that's right on their site, and we've we did a whole show on that, right? And we have you know this thing going on in in last week. I talked about how in. Uh, in the Philippines, I had people, and not just one person. There was one specific person who kind of kicked it off. But there were there were numerous people who kind of had this idea that the Jews don't need to be saved; they're already saved because they keep Torah. This show would be better if you were actually quoting sources. Thanks. We know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. We should quote sources. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't think that I was going to... Br- I'm, I'm shooting but, from but, the hip here. I think for now, we could just say, I think Dr. Kinzer, one of his books is post-missionary yeah. Messianic Judaism. And the, the implication is post-missionary. There's no, more, there's no more mission to the Jews. Yeah, exactly. There, there is no mission to the Jews. Then you have someone like our brother uh, uh, for Chosen People Ministries who's working in Brooklyn, uh, Bobby W., and, uh, wow, he, he has an amazing video out lately talking about how many unreached Jews there are in Brooklyn alone. 
um, that need the gospel. And he's on the front line there trying to, trying to teach uh, and, and reach those Jews uh, with the good news of Yeshua. I love that. I'm so, I'm so excited for, for his ministry. Yeah, these, these are two completely different world views that engage the Jewishness of Yeshua and the place of Torah in the life of the Ecclesia, but they're two different maps of the world, and the one that we're seeing here by this, uh, you know, this idea that a Jew can't believe in Yeshua and remain a Jew, that's, that's scary man-made religion that makes that kind of claim. Well, I think it, well it, don't you think it ultimately goes back to replacement theology? Because if, you, if you're Jewish and you accept Christ, according to the church, obviously, if you're Jewish and you say, and I, I shouldn't even use that, the church, what is that? So according to some streams of, of Christianity, if you're Jewish, and I should say some streams of replacement theology, if you're Jewish and you accept Christ, you stop being a Jew because, because God rejected the Jews. And chose and took the church instead. Yeah, yeah. Have there been? Is that in uh, the tradition of larger Christian history? Sure, there have been groups that have taught that, but we reject that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But what? But what I'm saying is, is that it seems like he's just p- picking up a a common oh, yeah. a common thread of of replace. I shouldn't yeah. say a common thread, but at least one one vein of of replacement theology, right? They're 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 promoting a lie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, promoting a lie. It, it, no one, no one benefits from from that. Um, it it serves to to keep a wall of distinction uh, that it tries to tell a Christian this is the kind of Christian you need to be. You need to be the kind of Christian that doesn't tell a Jew the gospel, and you need to be a kind of Christian that tells a Jew to go to Judaism, and you need to be kind of you, or sorry, you need to be a kind of Christian that does not tell a Jew the gospel. You need to be a kind of Christian that stays in the church, and you got to let the encourage the Jews to be Jewish and and practice Judaism, so that we can have these two religions, Christianity and Judaism. Don't you and, think that that downplays the gospel in terms of? I mean, yeah. Don't, don't you think that th- that it's? I think it's actually a miss on the gospel. Yeah, I yeah, think it's, it's a misunderstanding of the gospel in general. Yep. I think it's also a misunderstanding of sin, and God's holiness, which is really a shame. Do you think I? I don't think that it's. I do. You, I don't think these people are trying to be. I mean, they're not sitting. I think they're there. ignorant. I think they're exactly ignorant and zealous for the wrong thing. They're not sitting in the back room, wringing their hands, thinking of how they can deceive people, right? Right. I, I think they're just they're just zealous for the wrong thing. Like Paul says, you know, they have a zeal for God, but not according to it knowledge. Goes, in my in my opinion, it goes back to friendship. A lot of it. Look, we've talked about this. Look, Pete Rambo seems like a really nice guy. Seems like a really nice dude. And Ken Rank does too. But they got this really good friend, Hanok, who's Jewish, Orthodox. They want, you know, they want to include him. They want to be a witness to him in, in whatever way they can. But they can't imagine him going to hell. You know, he's such a nice guy. And he's, he's you know, he lives out Torah the best he can and all these kind of things. So they, in, you know, they have to some way twist it. You know, they have to try to make it fit their theology so that their friend can be in quote unquote in it's the same with dr brown it's like it's shapira has made has has made really good friends with dr brown dr brown can't go and tell his friend that he's teaching a false gospel especially after he's put his name on it right i mean it just seems to me like like human friendship here it, it takes the trump card over truth and the gospel man that that is scary to me 
Because because Paul specifically says in Galatians 4 that anyone who preaches a different gospel than the one that Paul's preaching, and, well, he says the one that we are preaching, I assume that he's talking about the apostles, Timothy himself, right? So anyone who preaches a, a different gospel than the one we're preaching is accursed. Man, that's scary to me. Sorry. The last thing I want to do is be is be upholding a false gospel. That's why I think it's really important for for teachers and and people who are putting their teachings out there, even even you and me, Rob. I mean, it's really important for us to be very solid on what we what we believe the gospel is and what we see the gospel to be in the if scriptures. We don't, Caleb, you're right. If we don't, that means we're not building on rock. Yeah, exactly. If I can't st- if my house isn't going to stand strong in the in any storm, then I haven't dug deep enough, right? I, I'm building on sand. If if something's going to knock me over, then I'm building on sand, and and that's not that's not the wisdom of Yeshua. Yeshua says, dig till you find rock, then build a foundation. Well, and the other thing is that it, look, if your friends are really uh, you know not getting the true gospel, it doesn't do any favors to try to twist the gospel to get them in. A better favor that to them would be to stand up for the truth and say, look, you're wrong. I love you, but you're wrong. And this is the true gospel. And you might not agree with me, but I'm going to preach the true gospel to you because otherwise, what are you doing? You know, just like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I It baffles me. It, you know, the whole thing with Dr. Brown the other day, it just made me really sad. And it wasn't because it made me sad because I'm not going to be on his show, which I think is what he thinks. What makes me really sad is that you have a, a brother in the Lord that I truly believe is a brother who seems to, you know, seems to love the Lord. He's pushing on, you know, we disagree strongly on a lot of issues, Dr. Brown and I do. But I think that we agree on the fundamentals, uh, you know, the deity, the Messiah, the Trinity, you know, these kind of things. But that's what really made me sad is that it's like, here you have a brother who just doesn't seem to, to care at all to address what's going on. You know, the true gospel that's, that needs to be preached as opposed to the false gospel. I could care less about my name being on his show. I don't, yeah. That doesn't matter to me at all. Um, okay. We got one more little uh, paper here. This was interesting. Jets came out. We got our uh, we got our March issue of Jets. If you don't know what Jets is, it's the Journal of the Evangelical Theological Society, which both Rob and I are members of uh, the Evangelical Theological Society. And actually, uh, what do you think, Rob? I really enjoy getting these now. Does, yeah, I like it. They usually I, have. It's hard. I don't have time to always read through all of them. Yeah, they they usually have. Uh, I don't know, maybe anywhere from eight to ten various uh authors who contribute uh to each to basically people write papers they send them in and then they choose you know eight to ten of the papers to put in here so every every month you get a new one with different authors uh writing on different subjects and different papers and so this one caught my eye did you read this one the the one about the yeah so it's called the role the role the law does or does not play in the condemnation of Gentiles in Romans two twelve through fifteen did you read it yeah what'd you think he doesn't come to his own conclusion and that that's what annoyed me too that, yeah he didn't actually come down on a, he says these are possible scenarios yeah and that's he's kind of doing an overview but I mean that's not really what jets is for right 
Well, I mean, I, maybe I think he's working on his PhD. So maybe this article. Usually, guys who are working on a PhD are encouraged to publish an article as a set, like to to put something out there as they're writing their dissertation, and then they get feedback, and then that helps them sharpen their final dissertation. I get the sense that that's what this person is doing. Okay. What, uh, just to recap, I'll give a real re overview. I don't have it in front of me. It's upstairs, but. He basically says in Romans chapter two. Okay, hang on just a sec. Let, let's oh. read. Let's read Romans two twelve through fifteen real quick. That'll that'll yeah. lay the groundwork. Okay, I'm reading out of the uh, ESV here. For all who have sinned without the law, the Torah, or the law, will also perish without the Torah, and all who have sinned under the Torah will be judged by the Torah. For it is not the hearers of the Torah who are righteous before God, but the doers of the Torah who will be justified. I apologize. Dr. Brown. <laughs> Probably. Um, for when Gentiles who do not have the Torah by nature do what the Torah requires, they are a Torah to themselves, even though they do not have the Torah. They show that the work of the Torah is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their con conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. Go. Okay, one thing is that that's the ESV, right? That's correct. Okay, and of so I, you have I, the comma, who do not have the Torah, comma, by nature do, or is it who do not have the Torah by nature, comma, do? Now, in your in Tim Haig, your father's commentary, the, the Greek is ambiguous, and I, I think your dad shows uh, excellent support that the comma should be after nature, who do not have the Torah by nature. That is, in other words, they don't have the, they weren't raised in a Jewish home. In other words, they they're not. Yeah, uh, they don't have the Torah in terms of growing up with it. So they're adult. They're adults, people who have a different culture, a non-Torah culture, a foreign culture. Are you talking about twelve? See, I take a different view on that. Who do not have the law by nature, comma. And that's well. That's your. I, I'm just, I, I See, like your dad's comment. What, what I what I well maybe it's the same thing, but maybe it's a different analogy. I, I think he's he's heralding back to chapter one. When he says, when he says, uh, for all who have sinned without the law, uh, without the Torah, will, will perish without the Torah. Mm -hmm. In other words, you know, the, the same argument that, that, is go, that goes on today was going on there. What about the guy, the guy in the bush in Africa who's never heard the gospel? Who's never heard, you know, who's never heard about it? And Paul basically, you know, and, and we hear this in, in, in chapter 1. He says, all you have to do, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, all you have to do is look outside. The heavens and the earth declare the wonders of God. So he's, 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 he's going back to it. For all who have sinned without the Torah, in other words, who don't have Torah, who haven't heard about it, will perish without the, the Torah. In other words, they'll still perish. It's not an excuse. You can look out your window and know that there's a God and know that, that you need a relationship with him. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, well, here we're talking about but he says the Torah. If they don't, they do what the Torah requires. That this is evidence that says it shows the work of the Torah is written on their hearts. Now, what this this the author in the ETS journal says is that he suggests is Paul really quoting Jeremiah thirty one here? In other words, yeah, some people could say, oh, well, Paul's clearly quoting New Covenant. Uh, promise to Jeremiah that the Torah written on the heart, and he's including Gentiles. But one of the he wants to take a grammatical uh, quibble and say actually 
Jeremiah says the law is written on the heart. What Paul says is that it's the work of the law that's written on the heart. And so this word written is uh, modifying the word work, not the word law. So it's the work that is written on the heart. And so he takes that little wedge and says Paul's, we could equally read this as that it's not talking about uh, new covenant, new life in, in Messiah where the writing of the Torah is on the heart. But that it's this general, and this he says this is where he. I wonder if he reads Kinzer because he talked about destiny and he talks about stuff that sounds very Kinzer-esque. But I don't think he quoted Kinzer. But that all mankind have a certain light that is in them, and that God will judge them according to their light, hmm. according to the light that is in them. And that also reminded me of of Kinzer. Yeah, I, I, I think that from Kinzer. what the point is here in my reading is that. This is talking about believers in Yeshua. I Gentiles agree. who do not have the Torah by nature, but end up doing the Torah, they show the work of the law written on their heart. That means they are new creations in yeah. Messiah, yeah. and they want to do the will of their Heavenly Father, and even which if, is in the Torah. And it's even, very simple. I agree with you completely, but even if Paul isn't referencing the new, isn't referencing Jeremiah 31, 31 here, it still applies. The Torah written, you know, it, it, still, it still brings up new covenant imagery. Yeah. If, if the point if is, where would Paul get this idea of, of any kind of Torah or work of Torah written on the heart, if not from Jeremiah? There's a, well, there's, there's a, a reference in Deuteronomy. That the Torah, yeah, circumcision of the heart is. And yeah. written, on, written on the heart. I'm almost positive. Not, ri not written. Circumcision of the heart, though. Okay, let's check it. it I mean, it's the same point. But yeah. I don't think Torah written on the heart is, is in Deuteronomy. But in any event, and then the conscience... Somehow, I was disappointed. The author talks about, well, these are Gentiles who occasionally do what God wants. That somehow they're going to be justified. <laughs> you know? And it's like, no. Well, yeah. No, this I is mean, people, and you know, a good passage. Now, he was focusing just on Romans. But if we look in First John, what does it say in First John? It says, if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. And his word is not in you. Right? Yeah. In other words, it's God's word in our heart that shows us the sin. It's his light that he puts on our heart that we see where the sin is, and, and then we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, that's the relationship we're in with Yeshua, with new covenant hearts, is that we have God's Torah written on our heart, and we grow in being children of God by the power of, of, of the Spirit that Yeshua has given us, and that we learn we learn and grow. We're discipled. We're corrected when we're wrong. We, we confess our sins. And that's all the work of God's law in our heart. Um, and that's what Paul's talking about here in Romans chapter 2. Uh, I don't, uh, the guy's trying to take it. At, uh, he, he suggests there's other ways to read this and that we shouldn't camp so hard on, on that interpretation. I don't understand the, the gain. Um, we know clearly by the time we get to Romans 10, that Paul says uh, that that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, right? He says that there's people who love God and love the Torah, but it's not according to knowledge, it's according to their flesh. And then he says that Messiah is the telos of the Torah. In other words, if you, you might say you love the Torah, but if you see Yeshua of Nazareth, if you, if you say you love the Torah and you read the Gospels and your heart is not ripped open, mm -hmm and seeing the glory of Yeshua, then you don't really love the Torah. You love something else, and you're hanging the Torah in front of it. 
Yeah. I'll, I'll stop there. No, you're good, man. I, I, I agree with you. Um, I do kind of agree with uh, Iconoclast that uh, I think that this is in some – I don't think that Paul can talk about the Torah written on the heart without at least having – in. now, that might not be his point. He might not be trying to specifically uh, touch on Isaiah thirty-one, thirty-one, but certainly I think it has to be in his mind. Yeah. Even though the wording's different, right? The wording in Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-one is different than than well, the, the, the Greek here. The difference is that Jeremiah says Torah on the heart, mm-hmm. written on the heart. Paul says the the work singular of the Torah written on the heart. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the quibbles that the the ETS article or the Jets Journal of ETS article is uh, saying. So anyway, I, I'm glad people are chewing on it. I mean, he's engaging with. Dr. Wright and, you know, a bunch of other scholars that have written a lot about Paul. Yeah. So we had one more article in the uh, in the notes. And actually... Oh, that's a good point. In the Shema, it does say these words will be on your heart. Oh, there but you the, go. The word, the word written isn't there, but you're right, Gil, there It is in Deuteronomy. Uh, the idea of God's words being on our heart is in Deuteronomy. Okay, so uh, we have one more article in the show notes and i guess we'll touch on this really quickly however <laughs> excuse me there there really doesn't need to be a lot said about this this is a blog by dr eli or ellie i think it is but i don't know Eli would be israeli uh he it's jewish studies uh blog now he's a christian oh he is oh yeah yeah he's got his mdiv oh i thought that guy was uh jewish and, no and he's part no and he's the, uh, uh Orthodox. No, and he's part of uh, he's part of the ETS. Oh, um, but he has contributors on his blog, uh, such as Daniel Boyarn, um, Mark Nanos. Uh, yeah, I've seen that. So Anders Runison. Yeah, he, so, he articles about. Uh, let me find that. This is the one. Yeah, this is. It's is called it one tour or not? Right? Yeah, one tour different uh, different laws. Yeah, this is old school. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> I mean, and that's I mean, just this, this is like so. Our brother, our brother sent this to us, and thank you for sending it to us. But um, you know, honestly, the one thing that I have to say about this is that he's not saying anything new. You know, he references the Noahite laws for uh, acts, and um, you know, he he's it's no offense to to Doctor Ellie or Eli or whatever it may be. No offense to him, but honestly, I feel like he's a little late to the party. He wrote this on March 29th, 2016. And, I mean, come on, man. You're, you're like 30 years late. At least at least you're 16 years late to the party on, uh, you know, in terms of Messianic One Torah studies. Um, and, you know, this is stuff that's all been kind of uh, tossed over and, and uh, regurgitated time and time again. Um, so I'm not trying to put him down. I'm, I'm happy that he's, he's mulling it over, but, uh, I mean, the, it's in the show notes. Y'all can read it yourself, but I, I really don't find anything new and, and mind blowing here, or even that he's, you know, a Christian guy who's coming to an understanding of Torah. I don't get that either. I, I get more that he's, he's just starting to have to deal with, uh, one Torah theology. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's the fact that he's interacting with like the Mark Manos, the the Paula Fredrickson, yeah, and the Daniel Bryan shows me, you know, who, who, what he's thinking like. Um, both both uh, Mark Nanos and Paula Fredrickson are very much 
let Christians be Christians and Jews be Jews in my uh, aspect, in my understanding. Yeah. Now, Dr. Nanos, he'll say, you know, that Christians are Jewish. And what he means by that is lowercase j. Like, they're not ethnically Jewish, but a lot of the early believers in Yeshua were, that were Gentiles, brought, adopted Jewish practices. And I, I like the work that Dr. Nanos has done on that. He's written on the Book of Romans, and he's, he's written on the Book of Galatians and other things about Paul. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, you know, this is right along the line of uh, what I would think of the UMJC or um, uh, well, who's the who's the uh, who's the rabbi in in Virginia, Richmond, Virginia? Oh. The, to the Jew or Jews? Yeah. Um, uh, de, Rudolph, Doctor Rudolph. Yeah, there you go. Doctor Randall Rudolph or Douglas Rudolph? I don't. Sorry, I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, uh, Dr. But Rudolph. Can we butcher it anymore? Uh, sorry, Dr. Rudolph. I don't, uh, uh, Dr. Rudolph, uh, the same thinking that um, that Jews, even Jews, need to be Jews. The Torah is for Jews. Gentiles have this other thing that become, you know, Mochite laws, and that's just how we're we're to view the world with that map. Um, but you know what? I don't think that's the map that uh, Yeshua had of the world. That's definitely no. not the map that he taught his disciples or that are in the apostolic writings. Yeah, exactly. The map that we see there is all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And if you really receive his Torah, if you receive his Torah, that means it's in your heart, and it means you fall on your face before who Yeshua is, and you see that it's by his grace that he's given you his spirit, nothing that you've ever done, Nothing that you ever will do will impress God or earn points by which God will now reciprocate and give you some kind of eternal life or Holy Spirit or anything like that. It, it's a gift. It's operating in a gift. Now, that gift does come with there's expectations. You're part of a family. You're born from above, and there are expectations that you're going to seek. But that's something that's not contrary to our new nature. Our new nature, then, is to desire. We cry out, Abba, Father, we want to do the will of our Heavenly Father, and what he does, he's long-suffering and patient with us as we learn to discern the things of the flesh so that we can learn to put those things to death by the power of the Spirit and we can walk in more and more holiness and, and purity of heart before him. And that's his joy. His joy is to raise up us as his children. And if you, you can't get that from rabbinic literature. You can't get that relationship by looking to the Mishnah. You can't get that relationship from the Zohar. You can't get... No, those are all systems where people are trying to uh, use behaviors to increase their purity or holiness of heart in this world, thinking that they're going to get to a point where they attain the Holy Spirit. Okay. For us, we're just, boom, we're just born again. Boom, you're a new creation. You're there now. You're, you're, like it says in Colossians chapter 3, you're risen with Messiah. Your life is hidden with him. That's and so be you know keep your mind think about the things that are above not and don't get trapped in the, the things of the earth. It's just you're a new creation in Him and that's who your identity is. In the Mishnah you don't have that kind of there's yeah, no of teaching course. like that. You're a man, yeah. you're a person, and you got to do all this stuff <sighs> to try to get more holy. You got to you know by the Middle Ages these Kabbalists they go to graves. We've talked about this. They lay down on the graves of these of these sages of ancient Israel. These you know, Shimon Bar Yochai, you know, and all this stuff, and they pray, 
and they do automatic speech. They try to they try to have Devi Kut with the soul of this departed uh, person, and they believe that they're going to grow in knowledge of Torah. And it's like, it's just it's you know those who have the gospel have such a a, a simpler. Uh, understanding of, of the scripture and things without having to look to asceticism or man-made religion or um, trying to dream of, of ascending to heaven someday if I could only just do the right code and say the right Hebrew words at the right time and uh, somehow have a heavenly vision and I'd be able to see the, the sages from ancient Israel studying the Talmud in heaven, you know. Uh, no, you know, it's just... We, well, listen to this. Gary says, I don't think he is late to the party, or late, he says. He's just going through it for the first time. I agree. So maybe maybe that was unfair of me to say. Uh, he says, I see in the comment section of the post, uh, sorry, I see in the comment section of, I lost it, of the post, he is also referencing the Messianic Gentile site to answer one person's question. So that shows you a little bit where his headspace is. If the if you're listening to this, you don't know. Maybe we haven't explained enough for our new listeners. But um, if you uh, yeah, if you don't know what the Messianic Gentile site is, it's a site put up by I think Rudolph actually, Doctor Rudolph, uh, and it basically just tells Gentiles like, oh yeah, welcome. Uh, you stay kind of over here. And uh, the Christian church is kind of for you. And, and, and this messianic thing, you can look, but don't touch kind of a thing, you know. Um, and go go back to where you came from. I mean, obviously I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> paraphrasing him. He doesn't actually say that. But that's kind of the feeling you get. Um, actually, and, you know, here's another thing. I want to I say, yes, I haven't been referencing a lot of things. And I haven't been able to pull up sound clips uh, today. And the reason why is because I don't have my computer. So that's one reason that this show has not been... Uh, you know, up to the standard that we like to keep here. And I apologize for that uh, to everyone also in the chat room. Uh, once again, I apologize. However, uh, I was going to make a sound clip because one of our listeners said that she, uh, ha- her husband just started listening and she said, we got a new listener. And Does that mean we lost one? Cause we yes, have 30 that's six. right. And so I, I have a sound clip on my other computer uh, for, for uh, new listeners. And I have a sound clip for listeners who have left to make room for those new listeners. And so next week, we'll have a little ceremony welcoming our new listener. Oh, I love it. And, and saying goodbye to the, the one who has left, whoever it may have been, uh, which obviously we don't know. Uh, but uh, So welcome, uh, number 36. And uh, goodbye, number 36. But we'll, we'll do that all next week uh, in, a, in a special little segment. And if you, uh, if you go out and you get somebody to start listening to The Rob and Caleb Show... Yeah, the, for the yeah. first time, and they become if you a, convert. If you, if you can, yeah, if you convert somebody to an uh, to the to an RC show listener, to a cow tipper, uh, tipping sacred cows, that's what we should call them. No, we should call them something. Anyway, if you convert somebody to a, be a new listener, then let us know. If you give us a name, we'll even say their name in the uh, in the official uh, welcome to the show ceremony that we will Ceremonies. start doing. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. That's all I got. You good? I'm great. I, I think it's a we had a really good show. We talked about a different, uh, you know, host of different things. I feel like I, I got a little passionate in there, you know. I know, and I didn't have my Hoff goes off sound clip. Man, I got to tell you, it's really difficult uh, trying to switch computers two hours before a show. I, I hope the audio is not so bad uh, for our listeners, you know. But RC Gear. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. 
anyway, sorry, the chat room's chucking it up. All right, um, well, let's start the music then and say goodbye. It has been fun. I've enjoyed it. Um, and, yeah, we've, we've talked about some, I don't know, controversial things. Hopefully next week we'll get back on track with our sound clips and everything else. Um, because, yeah, it just didn't... It, it, I felt a little, uh, a little, I don't know, naked today without without all my sound clips and everything. But nonetheless, I, I hope that... It's a shame we had a show. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I hope no matter what, it was still somewhat uh, entertaining and, and... But more than that, enlightening, hopefully. And uh, I hope that everybody took something away from it. But most of all, of course, Rob and I always hope that this show does one thing. That is glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua, the Messiah. <laughs>